0: PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. Hey, this is the National Treasure, Nick Aldis, and you're listening to the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. everybody and welcome back to another edition of the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. We are your host, he's a stallion, I am the enforcer, and we are joined with a very special guest this week. Anthony Sharkbait Gutierrez, Evolve star, WWN star, mixed martial artist, and uh, kids, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, MMA coach extraordinaire, man. Listen, we appreciate your time dropping by the show.
1: Dude, I love that intro. Thank you. I appreciate (laughs) you guys having me
0: of course man uh listen you got a very busy weekend coming up um with evolve making a very quick turnaround but before we get into evolve i mean you have lived quite the life and not all of it in pro wrestling um you started pro wrestling in 2017 after uh well actually not even after life of mma you kind of uh, it seems like you're doing both uh, before we get to mma did you grow up a professional wrestling fan Yeah,
1: um, you know, it was your typical, I was born in 1990, so when I was seven and eight, you know, you're talking 1997, 1998, every Friday, my aunt would pick me and my cousin up, and we'd go to Blockbuster, and I wasn't watching live events, but I was getting all the the VHS pay-per-views, and then the, the, the Nintendo 64 No Mercy games, and so I was a big fan playing that with all the dolls, but I wasn't watching the live product. However, fast forward, my very first wrestling show I ever went to, unfortunately, dude, was at the tragedy at Kemper Arena where Owen Hart passed away. I live in Kansas City and that's where that went down. So my first live wrestling show as a kid was that show. Um but yeah, I was I was a pretty big wrestling fan. So uh, was, Oh man, that yeah. is
0: that is terrible. How I mean, as a kid, what how what is that? What is that like? How do you can you watch wrestling again right away? Like what? I, I can't even imagine. What's that like?
1: Well, so, you know, I was a distracted eight year old and now I'm just a distracted 29 year old. But like, I really wasn't paying attention. Hell yes. And so so I didn't I didn't even really see what happened. I just remember there being a commotion with, you know, and the, with the fans and stuff. And my parents were like, oh, it's because they didn't really understand wrestling. So they're just like, oh, it's fake. It's fake. It's fake. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess it's fake, you know, because that's what my parents are saying. And then uh, the next morning I remember being in my kitchen and my mom being like, oh, my gosh, that was real. That actually happened last night. And I was like, oh, damn. And oh, so, man, that's – yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, it's a good thing as, as an impressionable kid that it wasn't something you saw. So I guess that's the only good takeaway from it. But I, I want to touch on what you said, uh, No Mercy. Listen, you're, you have peaked, my friend. No Mercy is the greatest professional wrestling video game ever. Uh, I still play no mercy. Um, it, yeah, it's it's 2019, and I still play no mercy. So I did this. You know, it sounds like a grew up very similar. The blockbuster renting the VHSs. Now, when you were renting these VHSs, were you going back into like the late 80s, mid 80s, early 90s, or were you renting whatever came out around the uh, the Attitude Era?
1: No, I was I was easy to sell on just like the cover, and so like you know the lime green um, WrestleMania 2000, I think cover or like. The all the bright neon cases were kind of mid nineties and up, if I remember correctly. And yeah. I don't really remember enjoying much of the older stuff. It was it was that uh, the attitude era that was really getting me as a kid, gotcha. like Val Venus, and I was like, holy crap, this is crazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Those angles were yeah. insane. Now, did you, did you go back later on and watch the older stuff, or was that really enough for you?
1: Well, dude, so like it's actually kind of weird. Uh, I was you know big into pro wrestling as a kid. And then once I became, I kind of stopped watching it around 12, 13, I started doing jiu-jitsu at 15. And when I started doing jiu-jitsu, I became a huge MMA fan. So I, I became obsessed with MMA where it was the only thing consuming me as far as entertainment and, you know, studying it to be good at it and uh so i i dropped I, I i dropped off of pro wrestling and not only did i drop off dude and i'm ashamed to say it but i was even kind of disrespectful towards the industry like i would be like oh pro wrestling's like whack it's dumb it's fake or whatever and i, and I was just saying that because i was mr mma guy and then how i got back into pro wrestling is its whole own story in itself but uh I, you know, uh, fell in love once I was introduced to it from the other side of the curtain, like as a performer. And I was like, holy shit, this is the craziest thing ever. This is amazing. And, you know, so well, it was I, weird. Mean, you like, say, I kind of
0: developed. I'm sorry. You Go said ahead. 15. So 15, we're talking 2005. You're in the height of the ultimate fighter boom, Chuck versus Tito. That's kind of when. That right there, that's when I became, I followed the same track you did, you know, growing up in pro wrestling was cool, but once MMA came around, it was like, oh, this stuff is so much different, it's so much more real, and it's funny, I guess, you know, what's old is new again, and now look, however many years later, and, and you know, professional wrestling is really the hot new thing again, and MMA is kind of, you know, at least mainstream, it's really, it's really teetering the edge. It's
1: crazy how, like, pro wrestling kind of, it's hot right now, dude, it's a great thing to be a part of uh but you know me getting into pro wrestling uh it would have been around 2015 and 16 my new roommate um i was working up at the mall selling cell phones and uh, i was working at a sprint kiosk and my buddy was uh working at the old navy and so like when we closed the mall down we would just be hanging out in the court you know courtyard or whatever and uh he's like you know do you watch wrestling you should come over to my apartment let me show you some shit and i'm like okay cool so I go over there, and he's got—he's hardcore pro wrestling fan from the Japan, the Ring of Honors. That he's like, hey, like I know you're an MMA badass. Like I want to show you the wrestling that you think would be cool. So he starts showing me all the good stuff, and, uh, and then I, then it just got me hooked. And um, but then at that time, I was like, eh, I don't, you know, me being a wrestler doesn't really seem realistic. Uh, but two of my buddies that I went to high school with, they had started getting getting into wrestling, and so I kind of thought to myself okay, like my pro record MMA right now is seven and three. It wasn't the time I'm coming off a loss. If I want to get into pro wrestling, I have to have something that's going to set me apart because, you know, if you become an amazing pro wrestler, well, congratulations, man, that's great. But now you're still in a big bucket of just a ton, amazing pro wrestlers. And as you guys know, you know, that don't mean you're going to ever get an opportunity. So you're just, you know what I mean? It's just, if you don't, have a passion for this, you might be spending your whole life getting amazing at something for no reason. So I kind of saw this as like, okay, I need to be, have something that's different if I'm going to try to be, you know, really good at it. And, you know, by me being a pro fighter, I was like, okay, that's obviously the gimmick, but I can't be the pro fighter. That's, Oh, he, you know, is done fighting now. And his last one was a loss and he's seven and three. I needed to legitimize my MMA career. So that way it was like, Oh shit, this guy is, which now fast forward, I'm 12 and three on a five fight win streak. While I started my pro wrestling career up, I was able to fast track a lot of, you know, opportunities that, you know, to where, where I got in two and a half years, took a lot of people, you know, maybe five years or six years to do. And so, uh, it really motivated me to be like, Hey dude, we got to get back on the horse with MMA. We got to turn the career around. Uh, cause if we can legitimize that, then the pro wrestling is going to be there. If you're good enough, And I was passionate enough to know like, Hey, I'm going to be good at this. So, uh, it's just been nose to the grindstone, fighting, fighting, fighting. And my last fight was this summer, so it's been about six months, and here we are.
0: I mean, one hand wash to the other, especially the competitive you know, aspect in MMA is only going to carry over into professional wrestling. So it's cool to see somebody be able to you know, legitimately do both and do both at such a high level. I know you said you started training uh, jiu-jitsu at 15. When did you um, get your first MMA fight?
1: Uh, I was in high school at uh, at 18 years old. I had my first MMA fight, and uh, I actually fought three fights before I had graduated, Then I graduated. And so I I did about – I had 13 amateur fights within a year and a half. So I was fighting twice a month, uh, fighting all the time.
0: It's uh, funny knowing now what we know about, like, you know, uh, head trauma and stuff like that. That amount of fights in such a short time, I mean, you don't see turnarounds like that anymore, especially – at 18, 19 years old. So, I mean, yeah, I guess you have that high level com- competitiveness um, at an early age. Uh, fast forward a couple of years, and you were contacted to be on The Ultimate Fighter. I mean, that was, to me, that, you know, I got into MMA right before The Ultimate Fighter, like, right around the time of The Ultimate Fighter 1. That was really the big thing with your Chris and Josh Koshek, and just that, that series, you know, was such a launching pad for so many pro fighters. How did you get contacted by the UFC? I'm always fascinated by that. Or did you do one of the tryouts? yeah um, so at the time, do you remember h d net, which is now access t v Sure, yeah mark Cuban station, yeah, they had the k one fights yeah. on there all the time.
1: yeah, so on h d net um it worked out for me where do you you know uh, the promotion Titan fighting championships? yeah, they were almost like they uh, Friday nights over there, sure so i um I've had uh, with including my amateur fights and then my pro fights, I've had over oh, I'd have to count' them, but at least twelve to fifteen fights with Titan um and when i was fighting as an amateur with them i would i finished my amateur career at 17 and 3 and it w- it was perfect timing because right when i finished my amateur career titan went from being a regional kansas city show that started in 2007 to now fast forward it's 2011 and they got a deal with hd net so i was lucky enough to have my pro debut um on hd net um and then i also you know had my first four pro fights all for titan fighting championships on hd net and luckily, they were four finishes. They were uh, you know, two, t- two, TKO, uh, two TKOs and two submissions. Uh, so it kind of it boosted me on the HDNet platform where Michael Schiavello was putting me over and getting behind me, and they did this uh, you know, top 10 prospect list on HDNet, and I ended up getting number one. And at the time, when all that went down, around that time, uh, I would say, oh, you know, maybe a few months later, six months later, the UFC, they announced that they're going to do 135 pound, um, you know, Ultimate Fighters can be the first girl season ever. And uh, a couple guys that I had fought, you know, we stayed in touch and they were all going to go try out. And so I went to the tryouts and uh, right away when I got to the tryouts, talking to the executives, I pretty much knew I was going to be on. And so I, I think it had a lot to do with just. Um, you know, the HD net exposure and going undefeated there with all finishes is probably what did it.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, that. Uh, you know, HD net had, they were so good back in the day of having different, you know, regional promotions on the forefront. I mean, Titan FC was doing thousands of people per, uh, per show then too. So, I mean, that's, that's a great platform for you. I mean, you on the season, Ronda Rousey and Misha Tate, one of the more controversial seasons, cause everything Ronda Rousey does seems to stir up uh, controversy. Was um, <laughs> let me ask you, Dana White? You hear horror stories about Dana White. I mean, just the type of person he is, and I he's mean, not, no, a not a good guy. Not a uh, good guy. I was that was, no. about, well, that was a my final question. He's I mean, a, he, he's a bad he businessman. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. But as far as he, the way he handles himself, you would think he was uh, you know like a, a young Mark Wahlberg, uh, but he, yeah. he really this comes is, across the type
1: of guy he is. Yeah, the, the type okay. of guy Dana White is is where he'll book a CM Punk versus a Mike Jackson, knowing that they're both O and one type caliber pros knowing their capabilities, knowing what they bring to the table. And then when those guys go out and perform in the way that everybody knows, the only way they're, they're capable of performing, he then goes to the press conference and shits on them. And it's like, dude, like that's, that's, that's a perfect example of who you are, where, you know, you're this 50 year old, you know, CEO boss, you book this fight, you're the boss. It's not these guys fault that they're brand new in MMA. You know, you put them out on this platform, they look dumb, makes your show look dumb. And then you go yell at them. It's just like that, that's kind of like the best way to put
0: it with him you know like, uh i believe matt sarah once called mark layman he said he's an expert swimmer who's never gotten in the pool and to me that's so that, great that's exactly how i i feel dana white is i mean I, I i you know i've he does a lot of good don't get me wrong and for his business and and charities and i know he does stuff like that but like you said i mean he put james tony versus randy couture on pay-per-view. What, who, what did anybody think was going to happen? And then he goes and he knocks James Tony's skills. How do you do that? You you, you booked the fight. Yeah, so. and you
1: knew what he was capable of. But, but I mean, at the same time, too, it's like, hey, I'll keep it real, dude. Like, without you, this sport probably what, isn't where it is today. So you are a badass and admirable. And, and any dude who can make that kind of millions, I'm like, hey, you're pretty cool, you know. <laughs> but still, <laughs> he's not the coolest guy. You know, not the nicest guy.
0: Right, you're doing something right. And you hear, I mean... Jamie Varner um, always talks about how he felt like the UFC bullied him and speaking about contracts and stuff like that. So it's tough to. I'm, and now the the deal with ES, uh, what is it, ESPN Plus? You know, it's on. I feel like you know Dana White, like you said, he did so much for the UFC, but the decisions that he's made between Fox and now the ESPN Plus, like I would watch it religiously up until probably two thousand nine, two thousand ten, when you knew everybody on the card, and you. I feel like you can't really charge for these cards now because they're built on one name and he's sh- and he's making as much money yeah. as possible but i guess that's how he becomes a multimillionaire, right
1: yeah i mean that's they're definitely growing and growing and growing so it is what it is i uh i kind of at this point now with me being 12 and 3 as a pro uh and five fights in a row um it, you know i'm just trying to you know get my next fight to be in the ufc i'm not trying to you know retire there or have a long career there but uh other than using the uh the ufc to kind of wrap up my MMA career as you know hey i made it to the pinnacle of the sport and finished out there uh which you know as when i get done with everything will be nice to have other than that i don't really have much of a desire to work for a company like that you know
0: sure and while it's cool you know you feel like your MMA career might be uh not coming to an end but you want to finish out in the ufc it seems like your excuse me your professional wrestling career in such a short amount of time, has really, I mean, had really taken off. You debuted at Evolve on Evolve Thirty, I believe, against uh, Steven Pena, and it was, you know, it wasn't the longest match. I think it was like seven or eight minutes, but a standing ovation that night, and that was, that was just, you know, it was. It, it, Evolve is so cool in that aspect where, you know, just because you might not have heard of this person, it's not, you know, a match that you don't have to watch. And they put you two guys together, newcomers to Evolve. And, you know, it was just an absolutely awesome performance. And it's only taken off since then. How did you get into contact with Evolve being so new in the business?
1: Dude, uh, it's all about, you know, networking and then having like cool little highlight videos. Pretty much how it worked is so I ended up going to a seminar in Illinois. It was an Eddie Kingston seminar. Um, And, you know, the person who. Was going to be the you know standout of the seminar. We'd get to be on the, the show, which is a, a show called Glory Pro. They're on independentwrestling.tv. Um, and so, you know, I went out to that seminar to just try to get my reps, get on another show, and I got on the show. The match I had was with a kid who was also in the seminar, and we ended up having a really, really good match. And the highlights um, that I made of it uh, were just you know a lot of me doing a lot of MMA stuff. It was real sharp. And so, anyway. I had it online, and uh, Matt Seidel um, uh, DM'd me, and uh, we had uh, had a small relationship prior. His brother Mike Seidel, um, is from Kansas City, and so me and Mike trained together a lot. And uh, and I had met Matt one time before, but we weren't really friends. And he DM'd me, and he's like, "Hey, dude, like this shit's really good. Uh, I think Gabe Sapolsky would, you know, be obsessed with this." Uh, he's like, I mean, are you interested in wrestling for a And I was like, "Of course." And he's like, "Well, let me talk." to Gabe. I'll try to put, you know, put your name in and, you know, get him to watch some of you. And he kinda, Matt came back to me and was like, Hey, you know, Gabe said he liked the video and said, if you want to you know, come out to a seminar or a tryout, he'd love to have you and take a look at you. And so at that point I was just like, you know, these seminars are working out well for me. I know I can go up and learn something. Uh, and so I invested the money on my own to go up to New York Went to a Roderick Strong seminar where Gabe was there, and you know, did the seminar, and that was the night where he was like, "Okay, uh, Sharkbait is the standout of this uh, of this tryout slash seminar." So tonight, you'll wrestle Stephen Pena, and that's kind of how that all formed. Was just you know, boom, just like that.
0: Wow, and Roderick Strong, I think one of the most underrated uh, best professional wrestlers walking the planet. So anytime you know, anytime anybody can learn from somebody like that, I think that's you know, absolutely fantastic. Um, Dude, now, cool. Uh, Ev- evolve has I don't want to say a feeder system I think it's a bad term not a farm system but evolve is a, uh, a almost a gateway to NXT and evolve uh, consistently I'm sorry NXT sends their talent to evolve and kind of vice versa that's you know guys like Keith Lee and whatnot they go on from evolve to NXT now you wrestled Arturo Huas um, that to me anytime you know you put. An NXT guy against somebody, uh, a guy like you, a guy like Kurt Stallion was doing it for a while. Darby Allin, too, was wrestling these guys from NXT. That has to feel like almost such a vote of confidence that these people like the Gabe Sapolsky have that kind of confidence in you to wrestle the NXT guys. Because, A, you can get a great match out of them and, you know, you could both look good. So do you take it that way, too? Do you feel like that's, you know, kind of almost a pat on the back?
1: Yeah, I mean I, I definitely uh it makes me proud when I when you get to those ball up shows in the back you see how serious everything is ran, how much energy and passion Gabe puts into the stories in each match. Uh, and then also every wrestler on the card they're you know they're very professional and serious. So when you're in that environment it does make you feel real good and give you some confidence. But uh you know one thing that's cool is you know I feel like what I was saying earlier of my theory on I just have to you know, be different and making sure my martial arts gimmick is strong. I think that's probably the reason why I'm getting, you know, the opportunities with uh, Fuwa so quickly because he's a, a martial arts guy. And here you have Sharkbait who's been pushing his martial arts stuff. So, boom, here we go. Here's, you know, another reason why we could put him on something like that. So it's, it's all exciting for me, dude. It's all feeling real nice. It's all yeah, working be- out.
0: Now, um, Bobby Fish. Um, I'm a huge fan of Bobby Fish, and he's fought kickboxing before. And he posted recently on uh, Instagram about how guys that are not martial artists or not true—you um, know—they don't train in the martial arts should not adapt that style. Um, Allison K. Sienna had kind of—we talked about that too. How like uh, it's cool to do MMA. But in professional wrestling, if you're not a mixed martial artist, maybe you shouldn't be throwing those MMA like low kicks or the you know or the spinning back exactly. elbows and stuff like that. How do you, I? Because I, I know a guy who's you know trained mixed martial arts for so long. If it's it almost makes you cringe, right? Is it just me?
1: No, I, I totally, I, I totally get that. You know, I think pro wrestlers are you know crazy to not even. I'm not saying go be MMA fighters, or I'm not even saying. You know, go grab the MMA skills and implement it into your you know toolset. But I'm so shocked on how few pro wrestlers want to train jujitsu and want to train kickboxing at least just casually because you know you learn so many cool things and you know that are involved in fighting that you never knew. And as a you know a successful pro wrestler, if that's who you are, your brain's going to start like firing with ideas. And ooh, you know, I'm not going to do it like this, but at least this footwork will help me with this. And you know what I mean. And like. You're chain wrestling, you'll get a lot of ideas in jiu And so, yeah, I think that, you know, pro wrestlers just period should train in some sort of shoot style, you know. Um, that's what I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, look at Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock was almost, he grew up doing it and then he was a professional wrestler and then a Mayfighter. And the reality that he was able to bring to his uh, his character, I mean, and the intensity in the mid 90s to me or the late 90s I should say that like that's what made Ken Shamrock and made everything look so real and you hadn't really seen somebody do it before then Dan Severn was doing it on a lower scale in the NWA and things like that but that you know and I think that's where the business is kind of going because no disrespect to Alberto Del, Del Rio but When I saw him lock in the straight arm lock, I mean, sometimes you look at him and you're like, that looks absolutely terrible. And then you have guys like you, but also not for nothing, you're an MMA guy doing running, uh, shooting star presses. So, you know, you're kind of, you're not pigeonholed to one style. So I think that's what's so interesting about Evolve. And Evolve truly is the ability to blend your styles and become better by wrestling people that – I mean, if you go top to bottom on the Evolve card, you have monsters like Josh Briggs. You have uh smaller dudes like the Kurt Stallion. You have the, you know, the All Japan S guys like Eddie Kingston. I think it's so cool because you're able to wrestle and, you know, get experience in each different style that a lot of other rosters really don't have.
1: Oh, man. I'm so lucky to be at Evolve. It's, you know, it's just, uh, it's so cool. They'll, they'll fly me out, they pay for the hook, which I know a lot of indie pro wrestlers get this treatment, so they're probably, you know, any successful was listening to this, they'd be like, oh, whatever. But it's just so crazy that they're, you know, they send me these, you know, expensive plane tickets for free and hook me up with a hotel and the per diem. And you get, uh, you know, match notes um, in your email of these paragraphs of what Gabe is looking for. And, you know, it's just really, it's it's really cool that pro wrestling feels like it could be a real career, you know, as opposed to uh, like my whole time wrestling on the indies is just being kind of a, ooh, this shit's wild. Like, let's keep trying to get better, <laughs> you know. Right, and they are guys, I feel like you know- it's- different
0: now i think with the uh, advent of social media and all these different platforms it's so much easier to get like you said you put together a really sick highlight reel and that's how somebody got in touch with you so and now you don't just have to be in the wwe to make a living out of it You you don't have to be in wcw you know in 2000 just to make a living out of it now there are so many different ways and with evolve being on the wwe network for their 10th anniversary show i mean there's no better exposure for a professional wrestler than evolve on the uh, WWE Network. Is that something you know? I, I know you said you want to res- uh you want to fight at least once in the UFC What's your goal as far as pro wrestling goes? Are you looking to make that jump to NXT and then to WWE or you're you know? Willing to go anywhere.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My main goal is to win the cruiserweight 205 live belt um, And then also do something, you know somewhat impactful and in the NXT now, I know I got a long way to go and I got a lot of learning to do. And, you know, that's with the thing that's interesting about pro wrestling is, you know, you've seen crazier things where that could come out of nowhere real quick, or I could have another three, four, five, six years, you know, nose to the grindstone. But, um, you know, I, my goals is the 205 Live cruiserweight picture and then the NXT picture. That's really um, all I'm looking at right now. And obviously, you know, I'd like to go even farther than that. But I think those are realistic things for me in the near future if I just keep working.
0: Sure. Yeah, you set the long term. You know the short term and the long term goals. Speaking of short term goals, uh, this in evolve. We have evolve one thirty seven on Friday night and evolve one thirty eight on Saturday. I believe evolve one thirty eight. You are scheduled for a rematch with Arturo Huas, um, which is going to be. If you saw the first match, it was super hard hitting. It was super. It was super just enjoyable, slick, hard hitting, fun match to watch. But evolve one thirty seven. You we don't have a match yet. Uh, any idea? Do we have breaking news? Do we know who we're wrestling this weekend? Dude, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'll, okay. I'll probably get an email on it, I would say,
1: Wednesday about what I'm doing. Maybe even tomorrow. But as of right now, I'm, I'm curious,
0: man. Uh, I know. I, I, her Rumor has it he has a match. But something, I mean, I would personally, if I was Gabe. I don't have Gabe's phone number. If I did, I would text him. Tell but, him. <laughs> <laughs> I want... Twitter. Anthony Gutierrez and Anthony Henry to me. That's a two guys. Ooh. Styles make fights. I mean, that would be... Uh, Anthony Henry, another guy with mixed martial arts experience. I mean, that that's something I would pay for. So maybe I'll get on the Twitter machine. I'll, I'll send some tweets. I'll see what I can do. But that's something I, I, w- I would definitely pay money to see.
1: Dude, I appreciate the chatter on Twitter to Evolve. And Anthony Henry Anthony Henry's a really good wrestler, dude. That's someone where when I got to Evolve, it was crazy because... Um, I showed up on the Friday and the seminar was on Saturday. So I had never wrestled or worked for, for Evolve at this point. And I was watching the Evolve show the night before. And when I walked into the venue, Anthony Henry versus Roderick Strong was going on in a one-on-one oh. match. And as they were wrestling, I was just like, holy shit, Anthony Henry's really good. I never even, I never even knew, like I he- I'd heard his name before, but I didn't know he was this good and he was just as good as Roderick. And they were going back and forth fast as you could imagine how Roderick is, you know?
0: Yeah, man, he's he's a, a smaller guy, you know, but he wrestles up to the – I mean, his match with J.D. Drake was great at the last Evolve show. I mean, his stuff with Darby Allin. So I'm going to get on Twitter. Like I said, I'm going to add uh, whoever I have to add. I mean, I'll add Triple H while I'm at it. I'll start adding everybody. But Ooh. I want Sharkbait and Anthony Henry. That's my goal. What do we have planned for Arturo Huas at the return at uh, 138 this weekend?
1: Uh, I'm going to be getting in that ass, making him tired. That's the plan.
0: I mean, he's a big dude. Uh, he's
1: carrying a lot of weight. Yeah, dude. That, you know, that was one thing about when we were hitting our grappling exchanges, when he had me in, like, front headlocks and stuff. I was like, damn, this dude's a bear. But, uh, no, I man, I mean, really the plan of that match is just try to, you know, be fast and be quicker than him and, you know, outpoint him and then look to capitalize big when I got good positions, you know. it's the name of the game.
0: I mean, that this whole weekend is going to be good. Evolve never ceases to put on a good show. We have um, Cassius Ono this weekend. J.D. Drake versus Anthony Henry in a North Carolina backyard fight on Saturday. It, WWN Live, Club WWN, it's like $9.99 a month. It's as much as the network is. For what you're getting, definitely check it out this weekend. Evolve 137, Evolve 138, and when you get them, you can watch the entire, when you get uh, Club WWN, you can watch the entire Evolve library. It's endless. There's so much professional wrestling on there, and it's such a good time to be a professional wrestling fan. Uh, Anthony, where can we keep up with you? Social media Media, merchandise, uh, see what's going on, Instagram, all that fun stuff. Uh, Everything is
1: Sharkbait816. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Sharkbait816. I appreciate the follow. I got some highlights on there and all that good stuff. Awesome.
0: Cool. Well, i you know, I'll make sure to tweet it out. I'll make sure everybody's paying attention. And again, best of luck to you this weekend. And uh, we hope to see you live when Evolve comes back to La Boom. I believe it's uh, November 9th. We'll be there uh, in person, man. So we're looking forward to it. I will be there. Awesome. Listen, see you guys. Thanks. Thanks for having me on the show. No, we really appreciate it, man. Appreciate your time. You know you're a very busy guy. Best of luck to you this weekend. And, again, everybody, check it out. Anthony Sharkbait Gutierrez this weekend, Evolve 137 and Evolve 138. Anthony, thank you for your time, man. Boom.
1: Thanks, guys. Have a good night.
0: Take care. You as well.